Hey listeners, welcome to the Young Black Travelers podcast. Today we'll be talking about the Fulbright Scholarship and working in Peru. Welcome, everyone, to the Young Black Travelers podcast. Again, my name is Asher Cunningham, and I am the founder and creator of the Young Black Travelers podcast and Young Black Travelers blog. Today with us, we have a good friend and a very special guest. Uh, Introduce yourself for our listeners. Hi, everyone. My name is Simone Gordon, and I'm excited to be here with with you all. I am a teacher um, currently, and I teach fourth and fifth grade. I'm just so excited to be here to talk with everyone. Yay. Thank you, Simone, for joining the Young Black Travelers podcast. And before we go into this conversation, I, I, you know, we're in the midst of the Corona pandemic that is really plaguing the world. And so basically right now we are at home and we're recording this podcast. Simone is socially distanced. I socially distanced, <laughs> which yes. is a good thing. Honestly, Simone, I know you don't live too far from me, but I'm I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're actually doing the right thing by staying in our homes and being socially distanced. So, yes, um, you said you're a teacher. Um, how long have you been teaching? I have been teaching with the DOE for, this is my third year. Mm -hmm. I would say that I've always been teaching, though. Um, I had different experience just um, in and outside the classroom, either that's tutoring, Mm -hmm. either that's working in nonprofit that does with education. So I've been in education for a while, but I would say I'm formally teaching um, in the classroom for three years now. Wow. And you know how... Simone and my relationship go back many years, to be quite frank. Simone was actually one of the ones who connected me with an amazing organization, Global Kids, um, where both of us worked at Global Kids probably at the same time. Yes, 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 we did. And that was also just another amazing experience in itself of being in education and working with young people and talking about global issues yes. and having them feel like they have a voice in that. So that was really cool. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so far, how many ch- countries have you visited? Um, you know, that's the other day I made a list because I wanted to just see for myself. <laughs> I think it's over 17. 17, wow. That is impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. I know you have more than me, Asher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that far off. I think I'm probably right now about 20 or 21. So you're yeah. tra- trailing me. Yeah. <laughs> 17. And okay, so I know also you were in, you were in Peru. Can you tell us a little bit about yes. that experience, why you went to Peru? Um, yeah, so why did you go to Peru? Um, so, you know, I always think that I have um, this urge that comes over me every one or two years where I'm like, I just got to leave New York City. I have to go and experience a new culture, live somewhere new. I think Peru was that for me. Okay. I, was, I just came back from India. I spent a year here. And then I said, you know, I really want to really go back out. Um, so in Peru, I worked with 
a another nonprofit and they did medical um, missions. So they work with local doctors and we had volunteers who would go to places um, of high need where they didn't have access to health care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would go do these medical missions, provide um, doctor care as well as dentistry as well oh. and referral for them to be able to go to see um, to follow up with a doctor in their community. And we would also have doctors go and visit them as a follow-up as well. Wow. Um, so I did that for about a year. Yeah. So I I, I, I think I need to let the, the listeners know that. So again, I said, Simone and I go way back. <laughs> I also visited Peru while you yes, were there. You did. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> if you remember, I was staying in Kajau. And somehow ended up coming to stay with you in um, Lima. Lima, which because I was yes. not that far from Lima anyway. Um, yeah, so I remember. That. And you were in me. Your your neighborhood was Mira Flores. Yes, Mira Flores. Yes, yes. Okay. Oh, look, good memory. Uh, <laughs> I mean, these are all good. These are these are why we travel, right? We 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 create memories and. My experience in, in, in Peru and Lima and Cajau Odyssey will always stay with me. And um, yeah, that's, and you know the same. When you travel, everything that happens on your trip will usually stay with you. Right. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in Peru, where else did you travel to? Did you visit Machu Picchu? Well, let's first talk about that. Did you visit Machu Picchu? I did. I, um, I did Machu Picchu mm-hmm. and me and my friend, one of my best friends, we did uh, like a two to three days journey to Machu Picchu, which was physically draining <laughs> because we did a lot of walking, hiking, um, instead of just taking the, the, um, the train that goes up. Ooh. So, you know, which is what I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we we decided that we want to do have an adventure with this. And so it was physically exhausting, but very rewarding because I was able to just test my own endurance and my strength wow. and how far I could push myself. Wow. And it was hard. Yeah. But we did it. Wait, so you did that. <laughs> I mean, they call it, what's the name of it? It was an alternate version of what you're referring to. It wasn't slightly that. I don't think I'm ready for that, but it was an alternate um, version of yeah, that. Yeah, because they, I know... Basically half of what they did. Got you. I know they have the five-day and the three-day. And uh, yes. so you did the three-day walking tour up to Machu Picchu. Yes. yes. While exactly. I did the... Um, I think my tour was, I wasn't really walking. The only place I actually walked was to Machu Picchu, but I actually did a three-day excursion where we went to Ololantambo and these different places. Um, yeah, I took a train from, I think, Ololantambo, I'm I don't know if I'm saying it right, to um, the town of Machu Picchu. What is that name again? Um, Aguas Calientes. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Your memory is so much better than mine. <laughs> yes. So, wow. Okay. You and What did you think of Machu Picchu? Oh, breathtaking. <laughs> um, 
just amazing just when you think of it in terms of um, a society being able to build and do that in the 15th century mm. like without the technology as we know it and how we build yeah. nowadays mm-hmm. for them to be able to do that it was so impressive and ah, oh, I'm just in awe <laughs> and so I do hope everyone be able to because when I was there they were saying they were going to lessen the amount of people who can visit each year mm. and possibly close off Machu Picchu from people going because it is sinking. Oh, wow. And so they agreed about that. So Wow. We uh, Indeed, I hope more visitors and more young Black travelers actually get to experience Machu Picchu because, as you said, it's breathtaking. Um, yeah. When you go on Machu Picchu itself and you just go around, it's really draw dropping because just to mm-hmm. see the wonders like how did they do this <laughs> so right. long ago right <laughs> wow but it speaks to our ability to create right as a people um mm-hmm. our ingenu- ingenuity yeah. and so all of that it's kind of like yes we can do whatever we want to do true you know? true um, we can make things happen wow Good. And did you visit any of the other mountains, Huayna Picchu or Machu Picchu Mountain? I did not. I only I only um, visited Machu Picchu. Did you? <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> let, let me interject a quick story. I know this is about you, but I actually did not know that my ticket had the extra mm-hmm. climb to Machu Picchu Mountain. It was actually when I got to Machu Picchu that I realized that my ticket had the extra climb to Machu Picchu Mountain, and I was not prepared for it at all. I have a video on it on YouTube. It was this probably additional, probably three to four hour long climb that was honestly, mm-hmm. uh, my God, uh, there was nothing, <laughs> there were no barriers, no railings. I honestly was so scared going up, but somehow I would link that video in this podcast and in something we're going to put out so you guys can see it. But it was breathtaking when we got to the top. Honestly. Yeah, huh? it was It was worthwhile. worthwhile. When you get to the top, so I did Machu Picchu Mountain, and when you get to the top of Machu Picchu Mountain, Machu Picchu itself looks like, it looked like ants. People are ants down there, or even the oh. ruins itself. So that just shows you how high up you're going um yeah but it was worthwhile (laughs) okay maybe my next tour next tour definitely (laughs) definitely and so we're about to close this but before we close it where else in peru did you visit where else in peru did i visit i mostly stayed in lima Mm -hmm. i and from lima i went to other um South America countries as well as Central America America countries. Mm-hmm. I didn't really explore much more outside of Peru. I didn't have an opportunity um, mm. to, but I got to explore a lot of city cities out um, countries outside. And actually, as I'm thinking about it now, I did. I went to um, well, Arequipa is okay. called and 
and it's beautiful there. It's known as the the white city, the white cap. Um, oh, yeah, a white city. Everything, a lot of um, buildings are painted okay. white, and it it was it's very calm, mm-hmm. um, sound like everywhere had the uh, like a plaza, and so I really liked it there um, as well. It was for like a calmer, um, just to to relax. And you said something significant that Peru, there was a lot of plazas. And that's one of the things I noticed in Peru as well. There was a lot of plazas in Peru, mm-hmm. which is interesting, which, which makes sense, right? Because when you think of Spanish architecture, it's also the same. Right. There's a lot of plaza or European architecture. Plaza is a thing. So that's one of the things that actually caught my attention when visiting Peru, the plazas the abundance of plazas the abundance (laughs) and i love them it's you see families Mm -hmm. you see entertainers performers are out there it's kind of where community happens people from all over come to be in the in the plaza what country outside of peru while you were in peru did you visit argentina Argentina. Um, (laughs) yes i have a I have a like an interesting take on oh God, um, Argentina quickly. though. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. Um in the capital I did not feel mm. welcome as much as I thought I would feel. I I went to Cordoba, like it's a college town. I really enjoyed it there. It was more um I feel like since mm-hmm. it was a, it had it had a younger feel and I just felt like were more caring and responsive than than the capital. Yeah, I mean, Argentina and Buenos Aires is is much like New York, um, where people are just about their business and right. <laughs> they're not paying you any mind. Um, interestingly, I'm sure you noticed this while you were there. Um, black, you don't see a lot of black people. You don't like I went on a tour and they kind of talked about mm-hmm. like the black quarters, which they call it, which are part of the, the city where a lot of um, African migrants were um, mm-hmm. that they set up their homes in. And they just they spoke a lot of they spoke a little bit about their experience, but it's kind of like they were sectioned off of this side of the of the city. But I was very conscious of my skin <laughs> color, of my race in Buenos Aires. I felt like people like how it's treated at restaurants. Like, I don't, I was very conscious of it. Well, this was a great conversation on Peru and a little bit about Argentina. <laughs> and we're going to break now, but when we come back, we are going to talk to Simone about her experience as a Fulbright scholar. And we'll learn a lot more about that. So stay tuned. Well, welcome back from the break. We've had an amazing conversation with Simone. She's talked to us a lot about her experience in Peru. And we learned a little bit about her experience in Argentina. It didn't seem that pleasant. <laughs> but, um, you know, we... we it was pleasant. It was, it was just... pleasant? <laughs> Good. There was okay. just some smart. There was just some parts that, I don't know, I was just very conscious 
And it just brought up a lot of things for me to think about in terms of like race and um, culture. Mm. I would say. Wow. Um, wow. That, that, that's a good point. And I think Argentina would be the perfect we probably need to have a podcast on Argentina Simone, you and I. Let's, <laughs> let, let, let's set that up. But right now, let's go into the conversation on your experience as a Fulbright scholar. So before we go there, and before you get deep into that experience and conversation, um, just tell us, what is the Fulbright Scholarship and who is a Fulbright Scholar? Um, the Fulbright Scholarship has many programs, I would say, that offers educational and cultural ex exchange for people who are interested in pursuing teaching, research, or any kind of professional project that they may have and is interested in pursuing. Mm -hmm. So it's open for teachers, professionals, researchers, artists, students. And so there's just so many different ways to utilize a Fulbright um, scholarship. Wow. And so I guess, so when did you hear about the Fulbright scholarship? Um, because you did this after undergrad. Um, mm -hmm. So when did you hear about the Fulbright scholarship? How did this opportunity come about for you? I think I heard about it from one of, because in our, in City College, there was just a lot of, um, programs that they promote during like club hours mm -hmm. and like job opportunities, research opportunities. So I believe I went to a tabling mm -hmm. event. I saw um, a representative present about Fulbright and I got very excited because I was just thinking about what I'm going to do after I finished my studies. And this became a real possibility for me. Yeah. So I did apply mm -hmm. um, and then got it wow so simone just stated it simone and i went to the city college of new york together which is a cuny one of cuny's colleges um an amazing institution honestly um amazing <laughs> amazing city college has paid us to do this but I'm going to say, I think it's probably, <laughs> which they probably should, right? Um, they should, they should. It's, 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 it has so many amazing opportunities for students and they provide so many resources. Um, Simone is telling you that that's where she learned about the Fulbright Scholarship. Um, and I'm sure you had a lot of professors who actually helped you through this process of applying. Mm-hmm. You see, yes, I had an advisor. Look at that, and so it's an amazing institution. By the way, I'm I'm diverting a little bit, but we're gonna get back to that conversation. Simone was also the valor salutatorian. Salutatorian. He was the salutatorian of the twenty which year? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen graduating class at City College. So the girl is smart. Uh, she is. Out of how many students? Probably. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Out of probably over 10,000 graduates, um, or you are the salutatorian of um, the school. Why? The school generally, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Wow. So, out of probably over 10,000 graduates, Simone was the top. 
that is commendable. That deserves an applause. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, yes. So we're all great. But so, but okay. <laughs> but so let's go back into the conversation on Fulbright. And I know I said you were the salutatorian, and I I know some people may feel that because they may not be salutatorians or valedictorians, that could disqualify them. Tell us, do you think that that had any bearings on your scholarship at all? It didn't because I applied before I was named um, salutatorian. So I applied beforehand. And I think one of the things that um, Fulbright Scholarship, what they are looking for is just people who are Mm open-minded, who are ready to explore, who want to learn um, about cultural relationships and um, build mutual understanding with others and really bring that back to their home country and educate others and um, be able to kind of share new knowledge and ways of being with other people so that they too may want to go out and experience what they experience. So just showing who you are and what you want to take out of it. I think that's um, and showing that excitement and that engagement and that curiosity is really going to um, push you ahead and set you apart. Good, good. And so you you're, you are a Fulbright Scholar. You got into the program. Where did the Fulbright Scholarship take you? Um, I went to Kolkata, India, and I was teaching uh, middle school age girls um, English. Okay, so you taught English in Kolkata, India. Wow, where Mother Teresa was from, right? Mm-hmm. She did a lot of her um, her missionary there. Wow. Okay. Cool. 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 And so, how long were you in India? I was there for eight months. India for eight months, and so you were teaching English in India for eight months to middle school um, students. So, okay, so you lived in Kolkata. How was that? Um, Well, you know, I really love Kolkata. And I think why I loved it is because I found a home there. Um, The teachers that I spent time with, they brought me into their home, taught me how to make certain dishes, uh, how to to make dal and roti. And so I really felt like home. And it reminded me a lot of New York City. So much stimuli coming mm. at you. Um, you can see street peddlers selling mishti, which are sweets. You see them selling different wares. Um, you see, you hear the cars honking. So there's so many sensory that um, that is happening, which at first can be overwhelming. But for me, it was it was home. Wow, wow! And <laughs> when you just said roti, and Simone and I are from the Caribbean, you're from Jamaica, I'm from Saint Vincent, but we all we both have Trinidadian friends, and we know what roti is in the Caribbean context. So she's not talking about the Caribbean roti. <laughs> she's no. talking about the Indian context of roti. Though it it probably yes. all, well obviously it had to or, originate from the same place because there's a lot of Indians living in Trinidad. So Mm -hmm. see how that makes sense. Um, Okay, good, good. Thank you for that. And let's get back to the Fulbright scholarship. Um, Mm -hmm. How are, how was the cost covered of your experience 
in India? Well, um, the program covers your expense. They pay for your flight. Okay. They pay. They give you a stipend so you can cover your housing and your food and transportation to and from the school that you mm-hmm. do that. The only thing I had to pay for was um, my visa at the time that I needed to be able to get into India. Okay. Wow. Good, good. And I know there are other teach abroad programs. How does the Mm -hmm. Fulbright Scholarship differ from these programs? Um, That's a really good question. I would say um, the Fulbright, well, for me, it was a conversation starter. I felt like when I did come back and was just applying to jobs mm-hmm. and seeking different opportunity, it became uh, a chance to kind of speak on um, my travels and the work that I did in mm-hmm. India. And a lot of people recognize it as um, a very distinguished um, program. So I think for one of, for that, it's a great conversation piece. It's a great um, thing to kind of put on your resume and the network that you have after you leave um, as well is something to look forward to. There are so many people in different professions and they have their own network and kind of um, help you in the direction of your career and your profession that you want to Wow. Wow. So it's really, I guess, the bigger piece or the big thing that you can take away from the Fulbright is probably the network that it, 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 it lends to you rather than if you probably right. went to a regular and there are great programs out there because I know Naomi who was on one of our podcasts is teaching right now in Korea. Um, but mm-hmm. this, the Fulbright will give you a network of people here in the U S and around the world who could help you. I know. I would think that too. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. Wow. This is rich. I'm loving this. And <laughs> so Fulbright covers the cost of your of, of everything you do, and they also find a school for you that you would be teaching at? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So while you were in India, Calcutta to be exact, did you visit any other city or any other destination outside of India or within India while you were there? I did. I got an opportunity to go to New Delhi um, and experience the culture there as well. I would say like each state in India offers something very um, unique um, and specialize Mm. in something. And so I was able to go to Kerala, which is like the um, tea um, state. It was very lush, lush, very green. Um, very relaxing um, in Kerala. And of course, I was able to go to the Taj Mahal. I had to see that before I, I Wow. Left. So you saw two wonders. You saw Machu Picchu <laughs> and um, Taj Mahal. Wow. <laughs> good, yeah. good. I'm making my way around. around. Good, good. Young Black traveler <laughs> at heart. Wow. So yeah. I guess, so while you were in Kerala, did you have um, chai tea, because that's an Indian thing, no? Um, yes, it is. Um, so n- not in, not, ne- uh, not too much in Kerala, actually. <laughs> they, uh, I had a lot of coconut 
flavored dishes. They use the coconut oil for a lot of their dishes there. So I'd have more, I had more of that. Wow. Than wow. And how was the curry in India? I loved it. I felt like it was um, the, the spiciness, the mm-hmm. richness, the aroma of it. Um, each dish, I felt like they made a little bit different. Like, um, so you would have curry for like beef, and some dishes were different from the curry that you would use for chicken. Like there it was like some different um, distinctive ingredients that were wow. that so, were put in. You know, when we talk about curry, we're talking about you and I curry from the Caribbean perspective. We usually have one type of curry that we 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 reference. It's that yellowish curry, though the Jamaican mm-hmm. curry may be different from the Trinidadian curry, but it's usually yellow. Right. <laughs> Uh, but in <laughs> India, there are many different forms of curry. Red, yellow, green. Um, I haven't seen too much green curry. I've seen green curry mm-hmm. in Thai food. But um, more, as you said, like that rich um, red, the orangish yellow mm-hmm. kind of curry. And it all just depends on the different spices that you decide mm-hmm. um, to mix. So... We talked about food. We talked about um, the Fulbright experience. I'm sure something must have surprised you. What would you say was your most shocking moment while in India? Mm, Or what um, was the thing that surprised you the most? That's a really good question. Um, Mm -hmm. That was my second time actually being abroad in another country. I had to study abroad for um, a month before. So coming into this experience and knowing I was going to be there for a lot longer mm-hmm. and in a really unfamiliar context for me, I, I would say the, the most surprising thing was just how bare everything was in terms of everything was just in your face. There was no hiding the truth, especially when it came to when you think of class and um, ecolo- um, economical divide between people. Hmm. When you're, for me, I was able to see like there was tents and um, shacks and people living in poverty right next to a, a beautiful, this beautiful apartment building um, with people who might be living what you would say like the middle class. So there was just this truth I felt that I feel like. In the U.S., we try to box everything in neat boxes. Like these people live over here, and then you're going to see um, the the wealthy living over here. Um, mm-hmm. But there, I felt like everything was just in your face. And now, what are you going to do about it? Wow, there was no hiding behind it, and I thought that was that was actually that was interesting to see and the interactions between people as they moved along one another. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, was, that, that, was, that was interesting in terms of in the community. And another thing for me when it came to education and how um, in the U.S. in a sense, it's every child has to be in school. And if they're not in school, we're coming to your door and finding out what's going on. And Knock I just on the door. <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
I would always walk past the school on my way to school. And then I would see this one boy who would be working with his family selling goods. And, um, you know, I, I, I would see him as well with his notebook beside him, um, lear- learning, his, doing his own studies, but not necessarily in a, a physical school building and how different it 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 looked. It, you didn't have people walking by and maybe thinking, why isn't he in school? Mm-hmm. Or, What's going on here? I'm going to go right to the authorities kind of thing. But he was still... It, it brings back to like, what is education? Where does education happen? Or wow. how do people live and also be able to kind of educate their child? Is there a right, a right way to do this versus what you would consider wrong? So kind of all those questions came up for me. Wow. But another thing I would say lastly that was uh, surprising not so surprising, but I really loved was the hospitality and the love that was shown in the culture. Mm-hmm. They have well spirit on how they treat their guests, which is which feels for me very genuine and builds community. Wow. Um, so I say those are the most surprising things for me. Wow. Simone, that was a lot. And I think each topic or each point could be unpacked. Like, because we we learned a lot about untouchables in school, but yeah. I'm sure you went there and you're seeing all of this in your face and your history lesson or global studies is coming, is becoming real to you. Like, it's right. so interesting. Wow. And the last point that you stated about, or the second to last point where you talked about what is education where education is take takes place is such an interesting point because i think one of the things that americans do are people who come from well-to-do countries first world countries um we really assert our privileges on other people and we tr- we don't look at their experience as their experience and try to understand what they're going through or maybe, you know, how, if we can help, let's help, but maybe that's just the experience and it works for them. Um, because mm-hmm. when you, when you talked about what is education and the, the student is learning, it's, it's an interesting point. Definitely. And I think those were just some of the things that I thought about while, while there, you know, and that is just one state that I was in. Right. So you have all the rest of states that mm-hmm. and that operate differently or have their own way of doing things and own ways of being. And then you have somebody else who have another experience. So it's a lot of layering, you know? Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Woo. I think that's a good place to take a break and, um, let our mind relax from that heavy top from those heavy points and when we come back we're going to wrap up this entire conversation with simone yes so stay tuned (laughs) so welcome back we are all the way at the end thank you for sticking with us 
we've had an amazing conversation with Simone Gordon about, well, we talked about a lot. We talked about Peru. We talked about Argentina. And then we talked about her experience as a Fulbright scholar. Um, But before we close this podcast out, and again, we are so excited that you have stuck with us all the way through this. Um, We want to shout out one of our loyal um, followers. And today in this episode, we are going to shout out um, Ariel, Ariel Johnson. Her Instagram name is Celestial Ariel, and that's C-E-L-E-S-T-R-I-A-L underscore Ariel, A-R-I-E-L. And We want to congratulate Ariel because Ariel actually just got a new position at Google. So come on, let's just put our hands together and just hail her out. (laughs) Congratulations. Yes. Congrats, Ariel. And we wish you all the best on this new journey at Google. Um, Many successes and just shoot for the star. You're about to do it. Um, Yes. And Simone, thank you for being being with us today but before we close we want to ask you i guess one or two more questions um as we stated earlier on this is a socially distanced podcast and social distance podcast that's a new term that we're coining (laughs) um and obviously we are recording here at home and you at your home simply because of the coronavirus. I think I would have, we actually have a new blog post out. You can read it about my experience with the coronavirus. Um, COVID and Corona is actually wreaking havoc. This pandemic is wreaking havoc globally. Um, And it's wreaking havoc in many industries. Um, So, Simone, I want to get your take on what you think will happen or be the state of the travel industry post-corona. Well, I think you can think of it in different ways. Mm -hmm. But how I think of it is that, first off, I want to know if I have to wear a mask when I'm on an airplane. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) will that be the new norm Mm. moving forward Um, I think uh, too when you people are going to maybe think differently of their travel choices probably Mm. uh, of places that are more crowded versus less crowded destinations you might see more seaside getaways where you're not seeing much more than city getaways maybe in um, countries But I, I, I think I, I, I think it might be an interesting time for solo travelers as well, because maybe more people will be wanting to do that in terms of if you're thinking about social distancing and really exploring for and having that opportunity to up, um, explore for, with yourself and for yourself. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Simone. When you said that, it, it caused me to think I actually thought about when you said people could start thinking more about getting to seaside getaways rather than city getaways. In my head, I'm like, this could be the perfect opportunity for Caribbean destinations to actually start thinking about their marketing plan because these destinations can offer the experience for people not to be crowded in the same area. 
Um, right. Wow. And I, I think one of the things that we do know, we know that is happening currently. We, we don't, it's not even waiting until it happened, until Corona has passed. Is that a lot of airlines are closing, are changing their business strategy. So one of the partners that we were about to work with, South African Airways, um, we've, we got news that South African Airways is no more. Um, wow. Yes, yeah, South African Airways, that is, honestly, when I heard that, I was honestly heartbroken um, because, you know, I, I, I am one who would always say that I really want to see the best for Africa. And yeah. when, when an African airline is succeeding, that is a mm-hmm. win for Africa. And I know Ethiopian is succeeding right now. And, um, but South African was one of the other giants in Africa, one of the long standing giants in Africa. And it is so interesting that this virus, this pandemic has brought it to its knees. Um, so South African is, I think, would have probably already laid off all their workers. Um, let's hope that they actually come back. The, the, our South Africa decides to revive a new airline. But that's one of the... Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Whew, wow. But Simone, I guess the last question for you is, how can our listeners connect with the Fulbright Scholarship? Well, if they visit um, the Fulbright um, webpage, uh, they can find a listing of different scholarships and programs and see which ones they're interested in, um, when the tour dates might be leaving, does it fit their schedule, what are the expectations, what are the criteria, and kind of um, plan from there. Good, good. And... What is your social media? How can they connect with you? Probably they have questions about Fulbright Scholar, the Fulbright Scholarship, or and probably need tips. So, how can they reach out to you? Well, anyone can reach me at um, on Instagram, SGC the World, okay. and again, that's SGC the World or Facebook, um, Simone Gordon. Wow. Thank you, Simone. And this is the end. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on today's episode of the Young Black Travelers podcast. We've had an amazing conversation. Um, You are a wealth of knowledge, and I am sure our listeners are going to um, appreciate just the wealth of advice that you provided everyone. I am (laughs) enriched. So thank you. Thank you, Asher. I had a good time. Thank you. (laughs) So until next time, take care. And thank you for listening to the Young Black Travelers podcast. Stay safe.